eight years ago, whoa, kind of distracted, isn't it? Eight years ago, um, God really rocked my world, and I needed it. Uh, you know, there was no question in, in my mind as I look back on it, I needed it. Uh, I had allowed myself to get to or to get settled into, maybe, um, is a better way to do it, a place that I should not have allowed myself to get to in the first place. Uh, you know, and, and the uh, I, I can only tell you where I, where I was at. I cannot really um, trace out for you the journey because it was years. It was really decades in the making. Um, we don't always have to know how we got into a mess to realize that we're in a mess. You know, we don't always have to realize the the, the way that we got there. Um, that when we're in a bad spot. But it's good to know, to recognize when you are in a bad spot. And I was uh, in a bad spot. As an adult, I had grown into having a bit of an aggressive personality. Uh, I did not have that as a kid. Some would call it abrasive. I remember after one of our general conferences, um, an online discussion with a guy in which I was being my... Um, aggressive self and he wasn't aware of who I was at the time and after a while he said I remember you you're that instigator from general conference uh, it was an apt description you see I didn't mind saying shocking things uh, you know or um Many shocking things, you know, it, that, that uh, didn't bother me. Um, and this is different than being blunt. This is different than, you know, I, I mean, I can still be kind of straightforward. Uh, but this was a few steps beyond that. And the problem was I had allowed it to take a larger and larger place in my life, both in amount and in breadth, you know, the, uh, how often and how broadly I allowed that to happen. Uh, it kind of crept in slowly. The problem was I fed it all too often. Uh, God brought several things together to reveal it to me, and he rocked my world. Uh, let's pray, and I will tell you the verse that God has been keeping before me in a big way these last eight years. Father, I thank you so much for those times in which you have rocked my world because I needed it. You never work unnecessarily, and you never chastise unnecessarily. You continue to reach out in love in it all and through it all, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so thankful. I'm glad you don't discard us because we're stupid sometimes, because we act foolishly. You continue to love us. Um, I believe you let us to this passage today and I pray that you will use it in the way you intend that this would accomplish your purpose I thank you for your word and your truth and the way this has worked in my life and I pray that you would use it in all our lives for your glory and honor we pray in Christ's name Amen We are going to be in Philippians chapter 4 verse 5 
on page 1082 in the Pew Bible. Uh, this is a verse that God has been keeping before me for the last eight years because I seem to be a slow learner. And I really, um, a, a slow adapter, I guess is what I would say, learning it is pretty clear, but a slow adapter. There, were, there are so many of my habits that I needed to unwind in regards to this. So many things I needed to, you know, to, uh, to change. And, and the, the, it was just a very broad thing in my life. Now, uh, we're going to get into other translations of this verse in a minute, but the Holman Christian Standard is the translation that God really used in rocking my world. Now, when I say that God uh, rocked my world, I am not saying that God did this to me in the sense of, uh, you know, of, of waiting to whack us. That's not what I mean at all. I don't mean that God did something to me which was, you know, so, I, I don't, you know, that was so uncomfortable, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about God giving me a wedgie or something like that, you know, and just to, uh, what I'm talking about, you know, is the reality is that God watched me wander into a place and then he stepped in and he said, what are you doing here? That was really how it came across to me. You know, what are you doing here? Uh, here's the verse in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, if you have it in front of you there. It says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. This is the translation that got my attention. This is the way God used it. And eight years ago, you know, someone cared enough about me to tell me that I was becoming less and less gracious as I got older. I was taken aback for two reasons. One, what do you mean as I got older? Uh, you know, but, but the reality of becoming less and less gracious. God used that to make me look at where I was at. And it wasn't where he wanted me to be as a person. It was not the type of person that he wanted me uh, to be. Less gracious is not where God wants any of us. That is not the place he wants us to be. That is not the place he wants us to reside. That is not the place he wants us to work from. Now, the Greek word is translated using several different English words by the translators. As I was looking through this, and, and I, don't think, I don't think any of them use the exact same translation. Uh, several of them that, that, are, that are there. The English Standard Version uses the word reasonableness. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. New American Standard, uh, let's say, you know, let your gentle spirit be known. Uh, NIV says, you know, let your gentleness. The King James, let your moderation the Good News translation says, let your gentle attitude. Uh, the Living Bible, which I don't, don't recommend for study, but if you want a good, a different take on things sometimes, it's a, it's a nice one to read through. You know, uh, let your unselfish and considerate attitude. I was none of those. None of those words described me. This is what God said should be evident in my life, yet none of those phrases described me. 
The Amplified Bible shows the difficulty in finding one word to capture the full meaning. If you've never seen the Amplified Bible and never used the Amplified Bible, uh, what they, they do in the Amplified Bible is when it gets to a word which uh, is a little more challenging, they will give you many other, they will give you several other words, usually one or two other words that, that describe that. This is the way that verse reads in the uh, Amplified Bible. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. A very literal translation uh, is difficult, as is evidenced by the way it's by the way it's translated, uh, you know, but in, into English by seems every translator having their own phrase. As I was looking at it, it seems to me that an intense reasonableness would be uh, the most accurate, but we don't talk that way. Let your intense reasonableness be known to everyone. We, that, we, we don't talk that way. Um, so that, that, that's, so the other translations, you know, uh, have to be good. Um, in the Vines Dictionary of, of Greek Words, it, transla- it um, defines it this way. It says, uh, seemingly, or seemly, fitting, Hence, equitable, fair, moderate, forbearing, not insisting on the letter of the law. It expresses that, con- that considerateness that looks humanely and reasonably at the facts of a case. Graciousness seems to me to be a good choice of how to describe that. And I had let my snarky attitude cross the line and I was really being insensitive. Insensitive to others. You see, I was sensitive only to me and to what I wanted to do and to say. And like I say, really, this had been growing for decades. If you meet people um, that have known me uh, since... It's interesting. Ginny used to get this comment when we would go to meetings. Um, And, you know, people had known me and other pastors, uh, you know, had known me from um, interactions around the the district and the region. And then we would go to conference and Ginny would be with me. And um, when I'd introduce her and they'd say, oh, I always wondered who Pat Ryan's wife was, you know, because they were used to... um, me acting like a jerk, uh, me acting less than gracious, and with some that's still the reputation I have because, well, because it, I put years in living that way. Um, you know, it, it wasn't that I couldn't be nice. It's really that I wasn't being nice. Graciousness was not. Uh, evident to all in my life. Now, I'm sorry to say, you know, I I had been that way for many years, and eight years ago, God had enough. And he used that comment from someone who loves me uh, to rock my world. It was a short time after that that God very clearly brought this verse here, Philippians 4, 5, to my attention. Um, and it has remained a verse that guides me, and I, God continues to remind me of. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. 
the Lord is near. Now, while I still have a very long way to go on this, two things seem very clear to me from this. One is that God's transforming grace should be clearly obvious in my character. That graciousness should be one of the descriptions of my character. Not just, not just how I talk and interact with people, but by what motivates me. By, by what is that inward part of me. You know, the longer I'm living in a relationship with Christ, the more my character should be transformed into the image of Christ. You know, that's why I say, you know, that transforming grace should be increasingly obvious. Because the longer I am in that relationship, the more I should be reflecting the reality of who Christ is. The second thing that became obvious to me was I need to reveal God's refining grace consistently and continually in my demeanor. It's not something that I, that I, I should turn on and off. It should only have an on switch for me. There should not be a place, there should not be a time in which I am not gracious. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. No exceptions, no excuses. It doesn't matter if I like them or not. It doesn't matter if they like me or not. It doesn't matter if they irritate me. It doesn't matter if they are truly an obnoxious jerk. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. No exceptions. No excuses. There is no legitimate reason for not being gracious. There is no legitimate reason for not being gracious. This is what God calls us to. Now the nice thing is God doesn't simply tell us to be gracious. He surrounds this verse with instructions that will feed graciousness. He, he surrounds it with things that will help it to grow and to be more evident for us. Verse 5 here gets lost in surrounding verses. There's a lot of verses that surround us that we quote often and that we pull out and we will quote and we will say and, you know, and we'll apply them and, and that's fine and they're generally applied properly. But we overlook this one on uh, verse 5. It gets lost in the crowd, if you will. Follow along. Look at verse 1. Back up to verse 1. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, So then, my brothers... You are dearly loved and longed for. Man, that's a, that's a phrase right there worth circling. You are dearly loved and longed for. Because God is telling us this because He loves us. Because He wants to be with us. So then, my brothers, you are dearly loved and longed for. My joy and crown. In this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge Iodia and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partners, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers who name, whose names are written 
in the book of life. Now, notice how it starts there. It says, so then. Some of the translations say, therefore. Well, that's based on what was just said at the end of chapter 3. Now, just glance up at the end of chapter 3 there. beginning you know beginning uh, uh, about verse 12 or so you know look notice what he's saying he's saying there you know to strive to push to strain forward to be all you can be in christ to be all that god has called you to grow work at growing in your faith he says to leave behind anything any and all philosophies that compete for our loyalty leave those things behind whatever is competing for your loyalty to christ leave that behind behind and he says to do all that we can to be more like christ as he continues to transform us as he continues to enable us to better live for him to better live with him and he says because of that so then therefore because that is what's there he said knowing that you're dearly loved knowing that you are important to god stand firm in the lord Make your relationship with God the basis for all you do in life. Stand firm in the Lord. Don't waver. Don't waver in living out your growing relationship with God. Stand firm. Don't waver. I was going for a walk. You know, I've been trying to walk in the mornings, and, um, you know, the sidewalk is the width of the sidewalk, you know, which I noticed in the newer neighborhoods gets narrower all the time. But, um, you know, as I was walking and, you know, I thought, you know, every once in a while, if I'm looking around or something, I kind of might end up, you know, wandering off the sidewalk a little bit and that. And I thought, you know, I can walk right down the middle of the sidewalk and be fine. But if this sidewalk were 300 feet in the air and on the sides were two you know, it just went down 300 feet. It would be terrifying for me to walk down the middle of that sidewalk. You know, not to have not to have the the security of well, I'm not going to fall far, uh, or probably won't fall. Jenny and I um, had Aniston and Ryan on Friday night, and we took them over to Crazy Pins, and at Crazy Pins. Um, we're sitting there and they're, you know, they're doing sarcade and they got this one three-story um, cage thing that the kids can climb in and do all sorts of stuff. And they were having a blast. And as we're sitting there, then, you know, now we've been there for over an hour in this place. And I finally noticed overhead, they have this, like a challenge course type of thing. You know, they hook these people up to a strap so they don't fall over. And, you know, they, they, they're walking on beams and cables and little, you know, ladders that are suspended and all this stuff. And, and so I was watching them for a while. Now, one of the things I noticed is they went through it pretty easily because what the people were doing, and I thought to myself, I was going to yell instructions to them because they were doing it wrong. But, you know, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I was a little gracious. I didn't. Uh, so what they were doing is, you know, there's a, they're, they're hooked up to this cable that's that's going along this strap that's going along on a track above them well what what they were all doing was holding on to this holding on to this to give them balance and they could walk right through it i thought that was that's what you're not that's not what you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do is try to walk on it you know and then if you fall that's there to keep you from falling but what a great thing to remember 
that I can get through anything if I'm holding on to that rock that is higher than I am. If I am holding on to God who is over my head, to God who is always there for me, who is always present with me, to get me through any difficulty in life. You know, and he, he tells us here, you know, don't waver. As those people were holding on to that strap, they didn't waver much as they walked. If they didn't hold on to that strap, you know, I thought to myself, well, that, that beam, you know, I could even walk on that stupid beam if I'm holding on to this, you know, but if I didn't, you know, two steps I'd be over, but that rope would catch me. It's a great picture for me of God's graciousness to us, not only in catching us before we fall into, into something that would really hurt us and destroy us, but also that he allows us to hang on to him to get through those things. Don't waver in living out your growing relationship with God. Now, it, 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 it's, this is present tense in the Greek. It, that present tense indicates a continuing action. You could word this, stay standing firm in the Lord. You know, stay standing firm. Don't waver. Continue to stand firm. Always stand firm. Stay standing firm in the Lord. Not based on the situation you find yourself in. You know, not, not based on that at all, but stand firm in your relationship with Christ Jesus. Stand firm in the Lord. And as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, your stand in Christ should get more and more firm, strengthening you. You know, as you're standing in Him, it should get more and more strengthened. You should grow in graciousness as you're standing in the Lord. Now, he mentions Yodia and Syntyche. They were having a well-known disagreement, well-known to the Philippians. You know, for us, it's kind of a guess, but it's well-known to the Philippians. And their well-known disagreement was harming the witness of the gospel. It was harming the witness of Christ Jesus. Uh, Jesus told his followers in John chapter 13, he said, I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if, if you have love for one another. You see, it's not by the bumper stickers on your car. It's not by the tattoos on your arm. It's not by the sayings on your T-shirt. It's not by the verses you can quote. It's not by the Bible that you carry. All those things are a damning witness against you and testimony against you if you, if you don't love one another. If you're not gracious with one another because of your common bond in the Lord. You see, our disagreements often hinder the gospel. Very often they hinder the gospel. Learning to agree in the Lord, learning to agree in the Lord is an act of, it's an exercise in graciousness. He told the audience in Tiki that they should learn to agree in the Lord. Learning to agree with one another in the Lord is, a, is an act, it's an expression of graciousness. And then comes one of those verses that is often overshadows verse 5, you know, because we pull it out a lot and, and, and quote it a lot. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Now, many of you know this verse is also one that has guided me daily for these last eight years. 
I've mentioned that to you before. Every day I write down at least three things I'm thankful for. I write down at least three things I'm thankful for and grateful for. Things from that day that I rejoice in. Uh, I do it in the morning, actually, as I think back of the day before. And this morning I wrote down, I wrote down, it was four or five things that I wrote down that I was, that I just rejoiced in from yesterday. You know, in the, in the way that God had worked and the things and, you know, what He has given me and, and we read this morning uh, Psalm uh, 16, and it's something I, I've said often too. Uh, verse six is it? I think I don't remember. It says, "The lions have fallen for me in pleasant places." That is, that is so true of my life. The lions have fallen for me in pleasant places. What a gracious God, you know, and. and so every day I write down at least three things I'm thankful for. Let me encourage you. Look for God's work in your life every day. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always brings a very certain steady regularity into the picture. There needs to be that steady regularity of rejoicing in the Lord. You know, and do it always. Not just sometimes, not just when things are going well. Rejoice in the Lord always. And it knows that you're rejoicing in the Lord, whether circumstances are good or bad. Now, when we say when they're bad, well, then the Lord's the only thing we have to rejoice in. But when the circumstances are good, are we rejoicing in the circumstances or the Lord? You see, because if it's tied to the circumstances, there's going to be times where life stinks. And you're not going to have anything to rejoice in if that's what you're looking at is simply the circumstances. I have found that, you know, on the tough days, and trust me, there have been tough days over the last eight years. But even in those tough days, there are things to rejoice in. There are things, not just, not, not just being able to say, well, you know, God's still God. Yes, He is, but ways in which He showed that to me, even in the tough days. Ways in which he continued to reveal his love to me even in the tough days. God is still present. He is still at work in your life even on your worst days. And the more you see God at work in your life, really, uh, the more gracious you'll become. When I see how gracious God is being with me, it has helped me to be more gracious with others. Now, we looked at verse 5 a little bit already when we started today. Look at verse 6. Pick up again with me on verse 6. More verses that we pull out and kind of skip over verse 5. But verse 6, don't worry about anything, but in everything. Boy, those are really completely all-inclusive words. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, many of the translations say, do not be anxious about anything. It's the same thought there. The word that's, that's translated, you know, a worry here or anxious in some, it, it means a distracting care. A distracting care. Worry and anxious both uh, deal with distracting care there. Now, it doesn't mean to be unconcerned about things. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying to be unconcerned about things. It's, it's more not to have a distracting concern, not to allow that to be an all-consuming concern. Don't allow it to get to that point. 
don't allow it. Don't 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 have these. You know, something that that is a distraction that distracts you from paying attention to God, and instead it focuses you on the challenges that are there and drags you down. Be aware of those challenges, but have your focus be on God. You know, it's it's not that not that we don't have trouble in our life. We do. You know, we do have trouble in our life. Uh, what it is 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 we don't let those we don't let those looming concerns distract us from God, and we don't let those looming concerns direct us. You see, if they distract us from God, they will direct us. But if we, if we continue through those challenges to have our attention on God, and then we can ha- have God direct us instead of those distractions, instead, of, instead of, of, of those worries and concerns, don't let them, don't let them take the place of God in your living. You know, you, you, now you really shouldn't separate these verses, you know, from verse 4 and 5. It says, you know, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about it. You see, these are all tied together. Don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all every thought, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It is very hard, very difficult to be gracious when you are consumed and controlled by worry. It is, very, it, it is near impossible to be gracious when you are consumed and controlled by worry because worry causes you to lash out you know, at others abruptly. Or, or worry causes you to withdraw from people and to pull back into a corner and shut others out. Neither of which is letting your graciousness be evident to all. Jesus addressed worry in Matthew chapter 6. It's the same word translated, it's the same word in Matthew 6, uh, worry that is translated, you know, that is translated here in in Philippians. Matthew 6, he says, uh, this is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and thrown into the, into the furnace tomorrow, won't who do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. Again, he's not saying, you know, to be totally unconcerned. What he's saying is don't let those concerns about tomorrow be what controls your today. Don't let those be what, you know, let it be God in your relationship with God and God's care and God's love for you. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You see, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Let your requests be made known. Again, God is not simply telling us something that we need to do. He's also telling us how to accomplish what he tells us. Look what he says. Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You resolve worry through two things. One is through prayer. Talking with God about what's on your heart. Talking with Him about what is going on and what is, you know, what, what is you're, you're wrestling with. Prayer and also thanksgiving, He says. Seeing what He has done for you in the past, how He is still present, and how He will work all things for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Knowing that graciousness of God in our own lives. You see, what you're doing, what you're doing with prayer and thanksgiving, what you're doing in, in, expressing, in expressing to God your, the concerns of your heart, and what you're doing as you, as you are doing thanksgiving, looking and, and seeing what he has done for you in the past, you are bringing the greatness of God to bear in the situation that you are troubled by. You are bringing that greatness of God as you, as you go to Him in prayer and express to Him the concerns of your heart. You are bringing in the greatness of God as you are thanking God for the things He has done in your life, for the way He has worked in your life in the past, and the way He has made Himself known to you in the past, which helps you to realize that He is not only here with you in the present, but He will walk with you into the future. You are bringing the greatness of God to bear. And the more you're able to do that, the more you will experience His peace. And the more you experience His peace, the more your graciousness will be evident to others. I want you to notice something in this passage here. In my Bible... In this passage, in my Bible, I, I have, um, in, in five of the verses, I have circled some words, and I have connected those by a line, because it runs throughout this section. In verse 1, it says, in the Lord. Verse 2, in the Lord. Verse 4, can you guess? In the Lord. Picking up a theme here. Verse 5 says, the Lord is near. Verse 7, in Christ Jesus. See, when I started, I told you two things I realized is, you know, God's transforming grace should be increasingly obvious in my character. And I need to, you know, to reveal God's refining grace consistently and continually in my demeanor. 
because I am being transformed by the presence and the grace of God in my life. In the Lord. In the Lord. In the Lord. The Lord is near. In Christ Jesus. What he is showing us here is that presence and grace of God continually in our life. A verse that guides me. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. What a great promise. Can't I'm wondering, can we re-rag good and gracious king? Can you get that pulled up and back, Peter? Good and gracious king. I'd really appreciate it if the music team could come up. I'm going to close in prayer while they come up. And we get to sing this together. Once again, reminded of what a gracious God we walk through this life with. What a loving God we walk through this life with. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace to us, your graciousness to us, your goodness to us. What a difference it has made and is making in my life. I want it to be evident more and more. I want it to be evident that you are a good and gracious king. And that your graciousness has and is transforming me more and more into the image of Christ. For his glory and honor we pray. Amen.